Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday morning service. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Happy Mother's Day. Come on, give everybody. But they did do a survey, and they wanted to add up the monetary value for a mom and all the work that she did. And a number of things that they listed, they listed various duties that she performed. She's a chauffeur, a gardener, family counselor, maintenance worker, cleaning woman, housekeeper, cook, errand runner, bookkeeper, budget manager, interior decorator, caterer, dietitian, secretary, public relations, hostess. They said she, um, a stay-at-home mom typically works 97 hours a week. They said uh, 13.2 hours of daycare, 3.9 hours as a CEO, 7.6 hours as a psychologist, 14.1 hours as a chef, 15 0.4 hours as a housekeeper, 6.6 hours as a laundry maker or laundry uh, person, 9.5 hours as the PC and Mac operator, 10.7 hours as facilities manager, 7.8 hours as the janitor, 7.8 hours driving the family car. That's an impressive list. In 2019, you would pay someone $3,126 a week for a grand total of year of $162,000 a year. Come on, give these women a big hand, these moms. And I'm sure a lot of you mothers out there are thinking, I'm feeling grossly underpaid. And Abraham Lincoln said, behind every great man is a great mother. And uh, there's a little boy who was once told by his mother that it was God who makes good people. And the little boy replied, yes, I know, Mom, but mothers help a lot too, right? So mother stands for this. The M stands for a million things that she does. The O stands for how organized she is because she knows where everything's at. H stands for, or T stands for tears that are shed for us. H is for the heart of gold that she has. E is for the eyes of love. And R is right because she's always right, and don't tell her she's wrong, okay? So what a blessing to be together with you. Again, we, ha we do have a gift for all the moms, so don't leave the service early. Right at the end of the service, we're going to pray a prayer of blessing over every mom that's here today. And we also want to give a gift to every mother uh, that's attended or here today, uh, this morning, right, right toward the end of the service. But I want to spotlight two powerful women uh, in the Word of God that can really give us some great understanding and at the same time help everybody in this church, whether you're a man or a woman, you, we can get some great things out of these great moms uh, that are illustrated here uh, in the book of Exodus uh, with one mom and another mom I want to highlight, I believe, in the book of Samuel that can really help us. But the first mom that I want to talk about is Jochebed. And I want to read a verse of scripture out of Exodus chapter 2, uh, verse 1 through 3. And just read a few verses of scripture there as we begin this message today. Uh, the Bible says in verse 1, it said, And a man of the house of Levi went and took a wife as the daughter of Levi. 
And so the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, how many know every child is beautiful? And she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, and put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river bank, or, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. So let's pray. Let's ask for the Lord to help us today. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for every person that's in this building today, and especially want to give honor to all the moms that are here. And we just pray today, God, that you would uh, just let your word come alive in our hearts today. Father, remove every distraction because there's so many things that are, are weighing on our mind, Lord, that you'll just remove that and help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. Lord, your word is so powerful. Your word is so relevant, even in today's time. And so, Father, I pray today for your anointing as I declare your word. And, Father, that the people would hear the voice behind the voice, which is not my wife, but it's you, Holy Spirit, and that you'll minister to people in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on. You're wondering the voice behind the voice. That's always part of my prayer. I didn't realize it was my wife this whole time. I thought it was the Holy Spirit, but apparently it was she's the voice behind the voice. But uh, as we begin to read the story, I'm not going to get into the whole detail of the story, but most of you can, as we began to read, you can see that it's the story of the birth of Moses, uh, whose mother's name was Jochebed, and Jochebed is a slave, and when you're a slave in Egypt, you've been born a slave, and you're gonna, your life is going to end as a slave. You have no rights. Uh, there is no bill of rights for you to protect you. And so she's been born a slave. She's, her life is going to end in slavery, slavery. And so Pharaoh has now put out a decree. If you read the chapters there, you'll find that Pharaoh was looked at not just as the leader or a king, but Pharaoh was basically looked at in those days as the god, Whenever he spoke a word, people never questioned him. His word was what it was, and that was the law of the land. And so Pharaoh made this decree that every male child was to be executed. And the reason why is because Pharaoh had an insecurity. The people of Israel were multiplying, and that nation was starting to get bigger, and they were all enslaved. And so he felt like the larger they got, then eventually they would take over Egypt. So his strategy was to, to execute all of the male children and so can you imagine if our government today was to do that could you imagine if there was the decree and our government said all the male children are going to die I can imagine how many mamas would say no not over my dead body and there'd be a big fight and so here is this woman by the name of Jochebed, and this inhumane law has been passed by Pharaoh, and so she she devised the plan. She basically says, you know what, I'm going to try to save my little boy. He's beautiful, and his name at that time is not Moses. We don't know his name. His name is later given by Pharaoh's daughter who discovers him. She names him Moses, which means to be drawn out of water, but the Bible said that she says she may Takes this basket and basically it's a miniature ark and she puts him in this miniature ark or boat uh, believing that God is going to protect him, believing that God is going to take care of him. And I want you to think about this. She hadn't heard of the miracles of God. 
There, were nothing, there was no scriptures that she could read, but she did it out of faith. In fact, if you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the scripture clearly said that it was by faith what she did. It says, by faith, in Hebrews 11, 23, when he was born, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and what? They were not afraid of the king's command. In other words, they had, she had this fighting faith that she wasn't afraid. It didn't matter what Pharaoh said. She was going to fight for her child's life. And I don't know about you. How many have met some moms, man? They'll fight for their kids. They'll fight the neighborhood kid. They'll fight a gang. It don't matter. I mean, I've seen mom literally when her kids are fighting on the floor, all the kids are around, and mom realizes that that's her kid. She'll park the car in the middle of the street. She'll leave the car. She'll run away. She'll fight everybody. And I mean, she, she'll go for it. She doesn't matter. That's her child. Mama bear, you better watch out, man. I, I mean, she'll get a hold of you. And so basically, here's Jochebed. Uh, she is not afraid of the king's decree. Uh, she's willing to do whatever she had to do. She trusted God. And obviously, after three months, as the child began to grow, it was becoming more and more difficult to be able to hide the child. And so she comes up with this plan by faith, because how many? You know faith without works is dead you can talk about how much faith you have but you you need to do something with it and so she did she she intentionally and purposely puts this little basket together and she allows this basket to, to go forward or she puts it along the reeds in the Nile River now here's what I want you to think about she didn't realize by saving Moses's life by saving this baby's life this baby would grow and would save the lives of a nation See, many moms don't realize that the child that you're kissing, the child that you're raising, you don't know the impact that child's going to have in the future. Later on, we know that Moses was the one to receive the Ten Commandments. We know it was Moses that freed the people out of Egypt and the miracles of God, and they got delivered out of Egypt. So you have no idea that little baby that you're kissing, that little child that you're raising right now, the impact they're going to have in the future. You don't know. They could be the next hero. They could be the next doctor. They could be the next police officer. They could be the next Billy Graham. They could be the next next pastor are you hearing me we have no idea who this baby might be and the child that you're raising and the impact that you're making upon that child you have no idea many times as moms I know this uh, I have a mom and and I'm married to a mom uh, amen oh well, she we she became a mom well, we, well anyway you know how it works uh, and I don't know how best to explain it to you but here is this Mom, she cares about her baby, and she hides him in this basket. And I believe that's exactly what we need to do, especially as parents, not just moms, but I believe as parents, is we need to hide them within the precepts of God's word. We need to hide them within the, the confinement of God's word and say, you know what, let me instill these things because let me just say this to you. I know the church is here to support a, a, a your children, but we don't raise your children, you do. In fact, they, they did a statistic and they found that children today will spend an average of six hours of screen time. Now, what do I mean by that? Tablets, 
iPhones, video games, television. They say the average child will be watching six and a half hours of that every day. They say your child will spend an average day in school about six hours a day. And in church, just think about this church. If, uh, if you bring your kids on to church on a Sunday, it's an average of two hours a week. If you happen to bring them on a Wednesday night, that's another. So that's about four hours a week. You're, we're already outnumbered. Are you hearing me? Six and a half hours a day just on any kind of screen. Six hours a day at school. And then it blows their mind. How come my, my children ain't getting it? Well, let me just tell you, you, you're not instilling the things of God in their life. And it blows my mind when parents aren't willing to come and, and bring their kids to church early and get them here to youth, get them here to Sunday school. It just blows my mind. Uh, but, but we don't have any trouble getting the little league at 8 o'clock in the morning, getting them up at 6, paying all the fees, Right. Not cheap to sign up your kids for soccer, you know, all these different things. We'll go out of our way to do all of that. But yet, when it comes to the things of God, we're not willing to, to do that. And yet, I'm just here to say to you that it's important that we're teaching our kids what's valuable. You know, I thank God, you know, my, my, my children are all serving the Lord. But again, I do have to say the credit doesn't go to me. It goes to my wife. And, and I, I'll tell you. As long as your kids are living under your roof, they shouldn't have an option. You shouldn't tell them, oh, are we going to church today, this morning, kids? Do you do that during the week? Are, we going, are you guys going to school today? Do you feel like going to school? Is that something you want to do? Is that important to you? We don't give them the option. I told my kids, as long as I'm paying for your toilet paper, your toothpaste, and all the bills around here, you go to church. That's how it works. And you will have a good attitude when you go. <laughs> and even if they didn't, amen, we'll wipe that mug right off and put a smile on your face. That's how it works. Hey, you know, I'm paying the bills and you, you know, it's not a free ride, buddy. I told them I'm going to bill them all. By the time they're 18, they're getting a bill from me. All of them get the bill. They're, they're trying to pay it off right now. I'm just kidding. But what I'm saying to you. We want to impart the things of God. Could you imagine if we build them? 18 years old, here's my bill. There it is for all the stuff I spent. Anyway, here's what the Bible says. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Father, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. So it's basically giving us instruction for parents not to be provoking. Don't get into a fight. Don't fight with your children. But it does say this, rather bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So it is our responsibility. God puts this responsibility on parents that you're supposed to be bringing the instruction and the discipline of God's word in their life. This is for their own good. This is for their own spiritual health. And you're going to see the impact that you can make. And so I want to, uh, Sister Maui is going to come and, and she's going to come and give a testimony and share about her mom and her upbringing. Give her a big hand. Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms. 
Um, I'm Danielle, Maui, whatever you want to call me. <laughs> um, I'm just blessed. Um, it wasn't always easy, and God has really brought a lot of healing into our family um, with my mom. She left my dad when I was a younger girl because he was abusive, and so she raised five kids, three, uh, two boys and three girls by herself, a uh, single mom. And I know there was a lot of hidden like sacrifices, a lot of hurt, and I'm just so thankful that she never gave up on us. Um, she never left us. You know, she never lost us to um, the system. And she always stood um, in. So it was about like when I was like 15. And one thing I didn't share in the first service is um, when I was about 16, I was really enrooted in um, softball. Um, that was something that by my mom's prayers, I know she was praying for me to give that up and to really be devoted to Christ and to really be focused. And there's nothing wrong with sports, but it was taking me away. There was um, games on Sundays. And so I know by her prayers, she wouldn't say much, but I know just behind the scenes, like her prayers and um, just like wanting her kids to serve God that I was able to um, like leave that, you know, and then come to Christ. And as a young girl, like I had a lot of anger and a lot of hurt um, with things I had to see, like um, with my dad abusing my mom and and just things that I held on to. Uh, my brother's in and out of jail, like just hurts and pains that I held towards my mom, you know, a lot of bitterness. And, and that's one thing that God had to heal me. And he didn't heal me until about like when I came to, so I came to church first and we walked into a praise chapel about like 13 years ago and um I still wanted to be like a little rebel you know so I left my mom stood and she stood strong in the faith and she stood um praying for us and none of her kids were there with her but she was there and she was faithful and she was hanging on to God's prayers because I believe God promised her that her kids would be saved you know and and um like around 17 years old I I came and I just that's it like from then on I was just all Christ you know just everything was focused on Jesus and and um I just started to live a new life you know and at a young age I'm glad that I was able to experience that little downfall because that made me feel like I don't want to do that you know I want to give my kids in the future I don't want them to have to be raised how I was you know and I want them to have a beautiful future and so um at 23, I became a mom, and now I'm a mom to, to three kids, five-year-old, three-year-old, and two-year-old, and um, it gets hard, you know, some days you have good days, some days you just, some days it's hard, you know, but I wouldn't change it for the world, and um, what I shared in first service is um, about 2018, it was a really hard year for me. Um, the enemy tried to fill me with a lot of fear, and I believe that started to, like, really grip me, you know, and my kids were we're young and like the first five years they catch everything you know and and um just I remember God showing me like if you're so gripped with fear like how do you expect your kids to live with a joy you know and live in a in a childhood that you always wanted to give them you know and you 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 like he just reminded me that I made that like when I was a younger girl like I don't want my kids to grow up the way I had to you know and and it's by the grace of God that that he healed me from that fear and I'm able to be a mom you you know, I'm able to to bring them to church, and they love church like they love it so much. Um, we have my son in a in a Christian preschool, and he learns so much. And I'm so thankful that by this is all because my mom paved the way in prayer. You know, all those hurts and all those pains, like she didn't give up. You know, and and as a mom, like I'm learning those like sacrifices that she had to make. You know, as a single mom, and so. Um, yeah, I, I'm just thankful. I'm grateful to be here, and I'm just so thankful for prayer. One thing I've learned is, like, pray for your kids, you know, and one thing I'm always reminded is, like, pray and pray and pray, and and, and they're going to follow. They're going to follow the ways of Christ as they see you following the ways of Christ, you know, and so it's been a blessing, and I'm just so thankful and thankful for this opportunity. 
Come on, give her a big hand. I mean, she just gets up here and starts talking, fearful of what? My goodness. Uh, she gets up here and just talks with confidence. It's amazing. Uh, and just to see what the Lord doing in her and her, her and her husband's family and, and uh, her mom and all of that, just so powerful. And so as we go back to this story of Jochebed, uh, we see a mom that's wanting to save her son. And she's basically, uh, she makes this, again, basket and she's waterproofing it. And it kind of gives us a picture here of building a strong home. It gives us a picture of someone trying to build something that is safe uh, for her, her child. And, and I believe that is the goal of every parent, of every mom, is building something that's safe and strong uh, against the forces of the enemy. And here's what the scripture says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse, uh, verse number 6. It says, these commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. So he's describing, the scripture is describing that we're to impress these from the moment we get up to the moment we go to bed. When you walk along the road. Now, I'm not saying this morning that every word that comes out of your mouth needs to be Jesus. I understand. But, but it's talking about a, let it be a natural part of your life. Let it be a natural part of your family. That the things of God are discussed. That the things of the Lord are, are part of your family. Not only say them but live them. How many know that's important? Your children, they don't want you to just point the way. They want you to lead the way. And so it's important that you show them what's valuable. That it, life is more than achievement. Life is more than acquirement. Life is more than status. Life is more than uh, entertainment. But life is about a devotion to God. And when they see that devotion, I believe the impact is made. In fact, let me read you this. I, I've, I've read it uh, several years, but I, I just love this. This is called Things That My Mother Taught Me. How many of you know your mom has taught you a lot? And so it says this, my mother taught me logic. If you fall off that swing and break your neck, you can't go to the store with me. My mother taught me humor. When the lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me, right? My mother taught me genetics. You are just like your father. My mother taught me anticipation. Just wait until your father gets home. My mother taught me receiving. You're going to get it when I get home. My mother taught me religion. You better pray that that comes off the carpet. My mother taught me stamina. You sit there until all that spinach is finished. My mother taught me irony. Keep crying. I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me the circle of life. I brought you into this world, and I'll take you out. <laughs> And my favorite one, <laughs> my favorite, one day you're going to have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. <laughs> then you're going to see what it's like. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I always get a kick out of reading that. I'm sorry. But anyway, we, we've got to show the, what, where was I at? 
Jacobad really prepared this little boat and uh, wanted wanted this boat to go the distance. Uh, and I believe she kept a safe distance. If you really read the scripture, uh, they let that little boat go along or that little basket go along the reeds or, or along the plant. And, and we know the story that the, the sister was following along, keeping a safe distance and making sure that that basket, wherever it landed, it landed safely. And we know the story. It ended up in Pharaoh's daughter where she was taking a bath and she took that little child and raised that child. So the very person, the very man who made a decree to kill the baby, that baby was raised in his own home. And we know that later on he became this great deliverer. So it's powerful how God can change things around when we follow God's law and we follow what God says. And so we have another testimony today. I want Brother Anthony Tahaji to come on up. Hello, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Um, my name is Anthony Tahaji. Um, I, I assist Pastor Omar with working with the youth. Um, I've been married for five years uh, to a beautiful wife, Daisy. You guys here playing the piano. Um, I have a beautiful daughter, Kalea. Um, she's one years old and uh, one year old. She's a one year old. Um, and and I'm not up here to share about myself, but who I am is a reflection of what my mo my mother's done. Um, she she's been she's been awesome. She's she's the reason why I'm here today. Um, I was I was born in 1990. My mom was born in 75. She was 15 years old when she when she had me. Um, so she was young. She was a, t a teenager, a kid raising a, another kid. Um, at the age of 10, she she decided to to bring us to a church, which was here. Um, I remember uh, those little orange Bibles that they would hand out. Um, she, like me, me, John, and my sister Gabby had one, and we were so excited. We ended up at Children's Church, and we had these orange Bibles, not realizing that, you know, usually they hand them out when you're visiting somebody that's incarcerated. <laughs> so, you know, so, <laughs> so, you know, we were like, basically like, hey, this is where we got them from. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, when she made that decision, it was actually, um, it was actually uh, the day of a memorial picnic, which is coming up, and um, so it, it marks 19 years of being in church. Um, so that's how long we've been here. I, I've been in the youth since I was 12. Um, I'm still there, <laughs> 17 years. Um, but um, my my mom, at, at a younger age, I. I didn't realize how tough it was. Um, she was she was a single mother with a, with four kids, and she was just doing things on her own. and And she would tell us now that uh, there was a time there was a time that we were living in an apartment in, in in downtown Long Beach. She was telling me there was a time that there was no food in the house whatsoever. She didn't even know how we were going to eat. And um, we didn't know that. My mom was really good at doing that. Mothers are really good at hiding the struggle for some reason, and, and they're they're really good at it. And and because of that, you know, because my mom's sharing that with me, I, it kind of allowed me to to see a, a greater appreciation for her. Um, but but one thing that my mom has has um, shown me was was how how to be faithful and and how to to love the Lord. She's always prayed. Um, I always had a uh, had trouble with with um, with girls, um, and and I didn't share this with the first service, but um, I remember being being um, 16 years old, 
uh, being 16 years old, uh, me and Digo were really close friends, and, and we actually um, were on our way to go to Washington because he got invited to preach at a church, and, and I had shared something with him, not knowing that he was going to go tell our youth leaders, which was Angel and Dez at the time, and so he, they, he told them, and Angel and Dez were like, hey, when you get back, we're going to have to sit down and talk to your mom, and um, I had to tell my mom, hey, mom, I ended up sleeping with this girl, and it was the, the hardest thing ever, looking at my mom and seeing the disappointment in her eyes, like, like and I just like, crap and at that moment I realized you know what I'm never gonna let her down again I'm never gonna let her down again and and I remember being in a a relationship later down the line and and I remember my mom just constantly praying constantly praying constantly praying and that relationship didn't work out and my mom never wanted that relationship for me but she did pray and she goes God I I want I want this is who I want for him this is the kind of woman and and because of that because of her faithfulness and prayer and showing me hey listen you need to love the Lord and you need to focus on him and, and only him I ended up marrying Daisy which is and my mom's always constantly telling Daisy you're you're the woman I prayed for for my son you're the woman I prayed for and, and those <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, those of you, you young men, your, your mom knows. Mom knows about these girls, and, and you know you just you you bring your, you bring that girl to your mom and let her sit with her, and she'll tell you no or yes, and, and you trust your mom because she knows. But but you know I, I I do believe that because of my mom's faithfulness, because of what she's done in my life, because of what I see in the struggles that she goes through, and the perseverance and trusting the Lord, I'm able to trust the Lord. I I didn't get to meet my grandparents, and and because of my mom's faithfulness, my daughter gets to see her grand her, her grandfather, you know, and she gets to see her grandfathers and things like that, and. And because of her faithfulness and me being without a dad and because my mom, you know, showing me the Lord, I'm able to say, you know what, I'm going to be there for my daughter. I'm going to be there for, for my wife and I'm going to stay and I'm going to do the best I can so that my daughter can love the Lord and, and know a man of God. So, I guess. That's a powerful thing. I remember when his mom came and uh, they were so small, the kids, and now they're, man, two of them are married and they're grown up and. Man, Anthony, you married up, man. You did. I'm telling you. <laughs> you did good. And so, uh, but just to see the miracle of God, now they have children. And as I think of that, I'm, I'm getting older and older. So anyway, um, then the, the, I'm going to close it with this. And, and this is the last mom I want to talk about. And I'm going to take very long on this. But I, I want to talk about Rispa. And Rispa is, is a, a mom that's determined to see her kids die in honor. And the reason why that is, it's a story in Second Samuel chapter 21, and I'm not going to read the whole story, but in there, there's a, there's a king by the name of Saul. And during the reign that Saul uh, was ruling before he died, he slew or he killed these Gebanites, which was, uh, they were supposed to have a covenant of protection, and he killed them. And the next king was King David, King David becomes the new king, and there's a famine in the land, and he's wondering, it's not a natural famine, and he realizes that this is not natural. There's something different about this famine at work here, and he seeks God, and God shows him that there's been a breach and a covenant between the people of Israel and the Gebanites, and because that covenant was breached, there's a famine, and so David goes and makes amends he wants to uh, fix this covenant and make amends for it. And so he meets with the Gebanites, and the Gebanites say, well, the only way that 
this covenant could come back together is you got to give us seven descendants from King Saul and we're going to execute them right here. And that's the way they did it back then. And so sure enough, they get seven descendants of Saul, these young men, and they kill them and they leave them in the open ground. And the Bible said that the mother, her name is Rispa, she is determined that the animals are not going to eat the bodies of her children. And so the Bible says in 2 Samuel 21, verse 10, what a powerful woman here. Now Rispa, the daughter of Ai, Ea, took sackcloth and spread it for herself on the rock from the beginning of harvest until the late rains, until the late rains poured on them from heaven. And she did not allow the birds of the air to rest on them by day, nor the beast of the field by night. And I mean, if you begin to read that story, this woman was determined to fight off the birds of the air, the animals, from the shameful, dishonorable treatment of the bodies. In other words, in Jewish culture, when there was the desecration of the, of the bodies, uh, there was basically a curse would be upon that family. And so she didn't want that to happen. And so she did everything she could to fight off the beasts at night and the birds in the, in the day. And if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever seen a vulture, man, those things are big. A vulture has a, like a nine-foot wingspan. And you could imagine these vultures wanting to, uh, to scavenge on these bodies, seven bodies that are laying there, and she's fighting them off during the day. And then during the night, you can imagine the wild dogs and the, the jackals wanting to eat the bodies, and she's fighting them off. And she's doing everything she can because she's refusing to allow her, her kids or her son that have been executed to die with dishonor. She's intervened. She's, uh, she's being that person, that in-between person. She's making intercession for the bodies of her children that they would not die in dishonor. And if you read the rest of the story, the Bible says that King David hears about what's happened. And the scripture says it happened from the time of the barley to the rain. That's really about five or six months. Can you imagine being out there? Five or six months in the wilderness fighting these animals by yourself. This is the determination of a mom. This is a mom that's interceding for her children. We could even put it as an example, an analogy, a mom praying for her children. A mom interceding for her children, pleading for the lives of her children and fighting off any wild thing that will come against them. Rispa represents that. And finally, King David yield and said, let those bodies be buried in honor. Because of this woman's fight, because of her intercession, we're going to let them be brought, buried properly. And she is allowed to bury those bodies properly because she interceded. And I want you to know as parents and mom, your intercession is important. Your fighting for your children, the lives and the souls of your children is so important today. Because I want you to know the media is fighting for it. Man, our community is fighting for it. Society is fighting. Our culture is fighting for the souls of your children. It's going to take you and I, parents, that will fight for the souls of our children because they're important. We want their lives to count. Can you say amen? We want their lives to make a difference. Let's not give up on them this morning. 
Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.